So since you are curious about bio-inspired uh, designs and also nature, I guess what do you think is still something you found hard to understand or design? For nature to understand what's happening in, for example, you are inspired by, uh, for example, bees for designing with bees. So, but something is still hard to understand or design. Oh, yeah, a tremendous amount of, of, you know, there's a great deal of enviable uh, features in biology, of course, that we're not even close to being able to, uh, to be able to recreate. Uh, I think that, you know, work, that one of the, the pleasures of my career thus far has been working with outstanding biologists who are studying structure function and natural systems and behavioral, uh, you know, neuroethology aspects and natural systems. And that, you know, those, those form a lot of the blueprints for what we've done in the past. And, and there are, you know, countless examples of uh, behaviors, for example, which you know, I think are, are, are very poorly understood, but for some aspects, you know, you, you can get a sense. So, you know, the specific example I'll give is, is understanding the fluid mechanics of flapping wing flight. Uh, historically very challenging topic, uh, but through the diligence of, of a number of, of biologists in the field have studied, you know, natural insect flight, for example, and, and pinpointed the principles which are most, uh, most relevant in terms of what the wing, how the wing is moving, how the wing is deforming, how the wing is shaped, et cetera. Mm. So those are types of things which are, are rather concrete for us. But I think that those are the, those are the exception, not the norm. I feel like there's, there's so much complexity in these natural systems, for example, in the behavior of autonomy. I mean, mm -hmm. that's something that, that ro you know, roboticists have been striving to do for, you know, well, I guess not quite a hundred years, but you know, but, you know, several decades to understand how we can design systems to be autonomous, and you know, there's there is a, a massive disconnect between the level of autonomy that we see in natural systems and, and the level that we can that we can achieve in robotics. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really good point. Maybe I'm curious about what could be the missing piece. For example, you highlighted a lot about modeling, and I'm curious about this modeling in that case because there's a lot of question we received from students that which level we have to go for in modeling and should we replicate what we see in the nature? For example, you say this level of autonomy and we can't achieve. So what could be still missing and which level you have to go for to understand or design? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint, you know, one thing, but I, I would say there, there's several things that stand out, you know, and I think that, it, I think it's important to draw a distinction before diving into this, that's, you know, between biomimicry and bioinspiration. So I think it's important that if, if uh, you know, roboticists or engineers in general uh, look to nature for inspiration for various designs, whether that's of physical structure or of control system or whatever, uh, that they do so with the principles in mind and, and not just structure alone. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that said, you know, what are the things where, where we lag behind? Um, and, and, and I think it's, it's sort of, you know, across the spectrum of the sort of you know, subfields of robotics. So everything from actuation, uh, you know, we have no, we're getting close, but we have no substitute, or I should say, you know, functional equivalent of muscle. I mean, muscle is ubiquitous in natural system in, in, in uh, you know, animals, of course, but there is no, uh, you know, uh, engineering synthetic equivalent that that sort of is able to match all of its properties across the broad spectrum of properties you might be interested in. Same mm -hmm. thing with energy storage and, and metabolism. You know, our the the 
system, the system integration, if you will, and, and biological systems is so so tight through the process of evolution, uh, mm -hmm. and and we we can't achieve you know the, the levels of efficiency. At least you know if we're not talking about wheeled vehicles, if we're talking about things that are more uh, you know sort of bio inspired, we can't attain that level of sort of energetic efficiency yet. Uh, you know, going to the autonomy piece, perception in robotics has advanced you know, greatly, you know, decades worth of slam and, and all the way down to, you know, sensor work and vision uh, has advanced tremendously. Um, yet we, you know, we, we still don't have a, can't nearly reach the level of, of autonomy. And when I, when I say, what do I mean by autonomy? You know, accomplishing a task in an unstructured environment, you know, we can't nearly, you know, come close to the level of autonomy that, that natural systems would achieve. Um, you know, if this, 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 as soon as you go outside a, a very structured, uh, sort of environment. So there's many, you know, distilling that, those sort of sentiments down into uh, you know, research tasks is, is sort of the fun part, right? And and so we, you know, we don't cover, you know, all of that, you know, at all, of course, but, you know, we, we sort of zoom in on some of the hardware aspects. And I think that's where soft robotics comes into play very nicely. That's also a great point. So maybe a related question about that, what could be area here, or maybe direction we have to focus on of research? You think it's very promising, but maybe soft robotics community still disagree, or we don't have much attention to tackle these issues you mentioned. I mean, I'm a I'm a hardware guy, so I, I tend to be more focused on the sort of physical components of these of, of the robots that we create. I think that you know over the past decade or or several decades in soft robotics has been you know, tremendously fruitful in terms of figuring out all the different things that we could build and, and some uh, you know, really excellent work on how we could power these systems, actuate these systems. Um, but, but again, going back to my comment on muscle, for example, the really you know, actuation within soft robotics is, is still to me a huge challenge. So you know, a lot of soft robots are powered by fluidic systems. And, and, if, and if, it's, you know, if the task is okay with having a you know fluidic power source and or a tether um then then great those those fluidically actuated uh you know soft artificial muscles whatever you want to call them uh have have seen a tremendous amount of success and, and we we do this as well very frequently with some of the soft manipulators that we're developing and soft grippers um but if you if you can't have this tether for whatever reason there's minimal uh you know there's there's minimal solutions that have presented themselves you know dielectrical elastomer actuators for example perhaps some of the most promising some liquid crystal elastomer based actuators uh you know thermal phase change etc there, there are a number of promising candidates but we haven't reached the 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 sort of you know gold standard if you will that we have in other areas of robotics more classical areas of robotics that we would have as like a you know electromagnetic motor right Bottom line, if you can't use an electromagnetic motor, for example, in a soft robot, what are you going to use? And so I think that that's one of the areas that I think is 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 essential and perhaps, you know, lagging a bit behind our, you know, more traditional rigid uh, robotics counterparts. And I could say, if you, you know, I could say uh, power as well, power systems, but that's, of course, integrally tied to the actuation system. Um, you know, again, if, if, if it's a fluidically driven system, then the power question actually becomes pretty, pretty daunting. You know, how am I going to go from electrochemical from a battery to mechanical to a pump to mechanical and a, a pressurized fluid, for example, you know, those it's none of those are, are sort of, you know, mm -hmm. 
super yeah. difficult challenges, but but thinking about the whole system um, is, is something we should we should you know perhaps pay a little a little bit more attention to.